Hey y'all, I'm Whitney Scarborough, the host of Wits End. Here we are real people asking hard questions. If you think you hear the hum of a fridge or a train in the background, it's because you probably are. We are recording these episodes from the comfort of my home in a small town called LaGrange, Texas. Some conversations are both heartbreaking and hopeful. Today, I am joined by Mary Moore, who shares her wisdom on building a 55-year marriage and opens up her heart about the darkest years of life. Let's dive in. Well, today I am thrilled to have Mary Moore. Mary, thank you for being here today. You're welcome. I'm so glad you're here. Mary, you're one of my, I think you're one of my first friends when we moved to LaGrange. I remember um, seeing you at our church and, um, and I think you even maybe just, you reached out to me and called me and just said, I I would like to be your friend. And it it was just this wonderful gesture. Um, and it kind of just felt like old school in the best possible way. Um, you know, it wasn't like, it wasn't weird. It just felt like, (laughs) wow, I just felt like I was seen and cared about by this woman and, I instantly wanted to get to know you. So so just give us a glimpse of your life today and what do you want us to know about you? Well, today I'm really busy. My life today is really busy. I'm, I'm, I'm a retiree. I'm a senior citizen, but uh, I'm just very, very busy and I'm never, ever bored because I'm uh, my husband and I are raising our 10-year-old granddaughter. And so uh, my life is just, wrapped up in stuff like, you know, in a way, like a young mom um, with school and getting them up, getting her up and off in the morning and, you know, having family dinner at night and helping with homework. And so that's, yeah, yeah. (laughs) So that's my life right now. So, yeah, that's great. And you live here locally. Yes. in a little town called Ellinger. Yeah, where I'm a Houstonian, you know, deep down in my heart. I went all through Houston schools <laughs> and went to the University of Houston, and and uh, I'm I'm really a Houstonian. But we moved to Fayette County, Texas, about 26 years ago, and I absolutely love it. So uh, I'm a retired elementary school teacher. Of I, I taught for 34 years in a three districts in Texas public schools, and. Um, I, I, I miss it. I loved it. I loved my career. Um, and I've been married for 55, it'll be 55 years this year to the same man. Wow. And we have two grown children and we have uh, our little granddaughter that lives with us. And then we have her half sister who is our step granddaughter. And we love her very much. She's our granddaughter of the heart. I love that. So. Yeah, I love that. Well, tell us a little bit about what you're passionate about, Mary. Well, right now I'm passionate. Uh, I knew Whitney was going to ask this question, and so <laughs> I um, I thought about it a lot. And so I'm almost three quarters of a century old, um, and there have been through my life I've been passionate about a lot of different stuff. When I was a career lady, I was passionate about my career. Right now, I, th- I thought about this a lot, and, and I think the thing I'm most passionate about right now is life mm-hmm. itself because of this plague that we're 
come that we've just come through but we're not even really through it yet absolutely just when we think we're through it then they you know tell us there's another variant but um I, and I'm my husband and I are in the high risk category, and so you know for a while there it was like walking on eggshells, mm-hmm. and um, but then you know you can't really live like that, and you just kind of just live your life. But um, I I just feel like I've been so blessed to even be here mm. because, um, you know I, I'm I, I'm still here I'm still breathing I still have my brain. And yesterday, I read in the obituary of the local paper, a lady my age just Mm. died. And so, um, right now, I'm just passionate about getting up every morning and seeing what what I'm going to do and taking care of Tyler and just just living life to the fullest Mm. because I know, you know, that fourth quarter of the century is coming up soon. So, so anyway, that's what I'm passionate about right now. I love it. Well... I know you've been married to Butch now for almost 55 years. Yeah. Like you just said, 55 years. That is, that's a huge deal. It is a huge deal. That's a a huge deal. That is older than I am. And that is older than many of our listeners. And so when you hear that 55 years, I mean, so many things come to mind. But one thing I'd love to just ask you is, what are some of the things that you have seen um, it takes to build a lasting marriage that stands the test of time. Yeah. Uh, it's a big, let me just say, it's a big deal because we're still happy. I mean, we're, we don't, we just really still love each other and we like each other a lot. I mean, he's my favorite human and he gets <laughs> me, you know, he gets me. And we are extremely different. And uh, we had not been married very long when we noticed how different we were. When we fell in love, we were in love. And, you know, we didn't stop and think about, you know, uh, I really, really love going to the theater. And Butch, you know, can't even pronounce theater, you know. So, <laughs> you know, he, he goes to the shooting range. And we realized after we were married just a little while that we were very, very different. But you know what? Those differences have mellowed over the years, and we appreciate those differences. So that's two reasons why it really is a big deal, because we don't have a whole lot in common, but we do have our values in common. We have the same values. And... uh, Okay, so what what you what you ask me how to build a build a marriage? What are some, yeah, Building what, a marriage. What would you say okay, some of the wisdom of, of how to build a fifty five year. Okay, marriage. so first of all, choose wisely. That's good. Choose wisely. I chose a good good man, and he was he was only twenty years old. You know, I was eighteen. And he, I chose him. I mean, he was mature at 20, and he was, um, I trusted him before I fell in love with him. Before I loved him, I trusted him. And I still think that is one of the huge deals in marriage. You have to trust each other. Um, uh, I mean, that is so important, trust. And uh, so choose, choose wisely. Um you know, think about what is what is important. We had the same values, and one of the things he told me right away uh, was, uh, "I want to have a Christian marriage." Mm-hmm. And he would say that throughout our courtship. You know, I want to have a Christian marriage, 
And, um, and so in the Bible, it says God will give us the desires of, of our heart. You know, God will give you the desire of your heart. And I believe God gave us the desire of our heart because I wanted a Christian marriage too, but I was too young and I was an airhead. And so I didn't articulate it the way he did. I mean, he was going, I I really want a Christian marriage. And I was just going, Oh, you are so cute. You know? So that's, that's the way that went. But, and then, uh, but then we, we also, you know, I kind of serioused up a little bit before we got married and uh, we have always taken our marriage vows very seriously. I can remember us, you know, thinking about that, you know, in sickness and in health and mm. till death and and uh, and divorce was never an option. We very early in our marriage, we said we don't have a plan B, mm-hmm. you know, we're going to stay married yeah. till death. And so we never said, well, you know, if it doesn't work, because I've heard people say if it doesn't work it out, work out, we can always get a divorce. And we never said that. And that's mm. that's a big deal because we were very young mm, yeah. and very inexperienced. I went right from my parents' house to our apartment. He wow. went right from his parents' house to his apartment. We had each had one year of college, wow. but we were commuter students. Yeah. So we didn't even have the experience of going away to college. Wow. But So we were very young, but we always took our vows very seriously. Still do. Um, okay, so um, I'm going to talk to women for a minute uh women do not emasculate your man hmm. marry a man and then do everything you can to to keep him a man don't make him your little puppy dog uh, hmm. and and i think it's very important to remember you married a man hmm. hopefully a godly man hmm. and he's gonna be a man and you want him to be a man. And, and you yeah. want him to be a man. Yeah. So uh, I think that's one thing that I've done through the years. And he mm-hmm. told me one time, well, we had some friends that asked us about our marriage. And, and he said, well, Mary lets me do anything I want to do. Mm-hmm. Well, within reason. You know, I'll, yeah. I'll put that yeah. on it. But, you know, I don't say, well, no, you can't have a yeah. dog because it'll mess up my house. <laughs> I think that's so good. I remember... Uh, before, I think it was before he got married and somebody shared some wisdom with me and just said, um, you know, really be wise about how you guard the reputation of your husband. And, and that, that's not exactly what you're saying, but it's along the same lines too, of even just how you, um, how you talk about him to the world. Um, I think it, it doesn't just affect his reputation, but it actually does deeply affect your, affect your relationship. And so, um, that's been something that I've tried to really stick to that even when I'm frustrated with him or, you know, having a hard time with him about something, um, that my first reaction is not to go speak negatively about him as a man. Um, and if I do need to seek wisdom about a situation that it's done in a safe with the safe person, that's not, um, you know, blasting, um, his name in a way that would, you know, emasculate him and also cause him to feel, um, you know, like I don't have his back, you know? Yeah. So you're absolutely right. That is just so important that the world needs more men who are, who are, who will stand up and, you know, in, 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 when it's clutch time, you want a man, you don't want somebody that's your little servant. Yeah. So, yeah. Um, trust, trust is so important. Uh, you have to trust each other. 
And uh, you need to laugh together a lot. Mm. I mean, we, through our marriage, there have been times when we would just crack up, just like falling on the floor laughing at something that happened that we could have taken very seriously. But we just laughed. I mean, we laughed when our kids were growing up. We laughed a lot with them, Mm. you know, and watching funny movies and stuff and and we laugh now a lot with with our Tyler, our, our granddaughter. So laughing is is very that. important. Laughing together, and then um, uh, I wish I could tell you, and I truly wish I could tell you that uh, since we were a Christian family, every decision was prefaced with prayer. I wish I could tell you that, but if I did, I'd be lying. Mm-hmm. We did not, over the course of our long marriage, we have not prayed about every decision. Mm. So I'm not going to lie and tell you that we did. We did sometimes. Mm. But I will tell you what I think God has honored about our marriage and God has blessed about our marriage. We have been faithful um, to, um, to our church and to... Uh, the group of Christian believers that that we belong to in the different places where we've lived. Mm. And we haven't said, well, we're moving to a new town, so let's lay out a church for about three months while we fix up the house. Mm. Uh, we got married on a Friday night, and Sunday we were at church. Mm. Now, partly that's because we were poor. Mm. <laughs> we yeah. had no money. We were very poor, so we couldn't afford it. We, didn't have, we never had a honeymoon. But... That just set the pattern, and we were we've always been faithful. And if you're a member of a, a church, if you're a member of a, a body of believers, there's going to be times when, when uh, you're going to get your feelings hurt, or you're going to get, uh, you know, you're going to think, well, you know, that wasn't exactly right, or. Mm. But you stay faithful anyway, yeah. because it's not really the church who you're being faithful to; it's God mm. you're being faithful to. So there's that I believe God honored. And I also believe he honored the fact that we've always served. Hmm. Uh, We, you know, I I started out the second year we were married. uh, Somebody asked me to teach a Sunday school class. The little kids that sit in the little chairs, you know, that fold their little hands. (laughs) And so I taught that Sunday school class. And somebody asked him if he would go uh, as a helper on some kind of a youth trip. Hmm. And uh, so that just kind of set the pattern. And we... I'm telling you, we have always served. Uh, For me, when I had my babies, I stayed home with the babies, but he just kept right on going, you know. And we have had some of the most rewarding experiences of our lives in service to God's kingdom. And so I, I really believe God has honored those two things, even though we did a lot of stupid things in our marriage where we just said, oh, yeah, we're going to buy that car. We can't afford it, but we're going to buy it, you know, and, and didn't pray about it and didn't, you know, didn't didn't yeah. seek God's will in it. Um, but that that's what what I believe God did honor is that we've been we've been faithful. Hmm. That's good. Um, and you have to remember, if you if you are a Christian couple, uh, you have to remember that uh, we're a picture of the, the relationship between Jesus and His church. Amen. Um, um, 
we're the bride, you know, we're the bride of Christ. And so keeping that uppermost in our mind that, that we are a picture of the relationship that Jesus has with the church, that's been very important for us too. So, um, so that's, that's some things that we've done. Uh, and, and, and I don't, talk about him behind his back and he didn't talk about me behind my back Mm. you know I'll tell him that was not a real smart move more you know but I don't tell other people that yeah yeah so going back to that guarding his reputation oh yeah 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 yeah, that's so good I love that that you know your your steadfastness and being committed to a local congregation to being committed to um, the body of believers. And I think that that's something that in, in my generation that I'll just speak for us, I think I'm looking at around and looking out and seeing that that is a value that I think has become less and less um, emphasized. And I think that the pandemic has even kind of worn away, eroded it a little bit more as people, you know, as, as plans have become more um, up in the air that that's been one of the first things to go for some families and I, I think there's there's a temptation for us and our family included I think for it to become a, a, just some something that you do um, another element of your you know social circle and your social activity and um, but I love what you said that that is something that God's honored as you guys have been committed to um to being a part of the body of christ and also serving in the mm-hmm. body of christ because i think too when you do serve then that does add an extra layer of accountability that you're going to be there on on sunday and you're going to set that time aside um so that's such such good wisdom um but i'd love for you to just take us to some of the harder seasons of your marriage i know that you've been so just vulnerable and honest with me and shared that your marriage has not been easy. And there have been some times when you thought, we are not going to make it through this. And so I'd love for you just to take take our audience through through some of those harder seasons. Okay. Well, um, the first, uh, mm, let me think. The first seven years or eight years, I guess, were just pretty blissful. You know, we were young. We were in love. We did fun things. And... And we didn't have children until we had been married uh, seven years. And uh, we had our first child. You know, we were sailing along, doing great. And uh, uh, I lost my dad. My dad died when he was only 60 years old. And um, um, he died. He was very sick, and he died over a period of about—it took him about 10 months he became just sicker and sicker and sicker until he just wasted away to like weighing about 80 pounds and Mm -hmm. just, uh, and I was a daddy's girl. And, um, and so it took about nine months for him to just, and, and, uh, and the people told me, uh, said, uh, dad, God's not going to let your daddy die. We're going to pray that he will do a miracle and, and your dad will live. And, and um, and but he, Daddy died, and I so my faith was really shaken, and uh, and then uh, I just after we buried Daddy and you know reality and life sank back in, 
um, I didn't love anybody anymore except my mother. I wanted to spend all my time at my mother's house because she was by herself now. And, and my baby, we had our first child, was a toddler at that time. But, uh, as I said, we took our marriage vows very seriously. And so uh, I told Butch, I said, um, there's something I have to tell you. I said, I don't love you anymore. Um, but... Um, but I, I don't. We're not. I don't want to get a divorce because I don't want to raise this baby by myself. So um, I just want you to. I just want to be honest with you that I don't love you, but I, but I trust you, and you're my best friend still. So could we just stay married, but not like man and wife? And he said, "Well," he said. I love you, and he said, we are going to stay married, and we are going to be like man and wife. And he said, we're going to pray that God will give your love back to you. He said, you've been through a horrible experience, and we're just going to pray that God will give your love back. And until then, we're going to we're going to just live like we've been living. We're going to raise our child, and, and we're going to, we're going to, uh, and I'm going to love you, and you don't have to love me, and, and we're going to, but we're going to be like man and wife. And I said, well... And he said, and he said, and God's going to give back that love. And I said, well, okay, I, I don't, I don't see it. I'm not seeing it, but okay. So we we stayed together, and he uh, this this would have been the time when when he could have said, see ya, I'm out of here, you know, uh, because he was we were still in our twenties, and and uh, but he we. It, Long story short, my love for him came back, and it came back after, it took about two years. Mm. But he was very sweet and gentle, and he never brought it up to me. Mm. He never threw it up in my face. Uh, He just, we just went along, you know, and after about two years, not only did I love him again, but I loved him more than I had at first, and you know, I look back on it now, and I probably should have gone for counseling, but this was in the early 70s, and you just didn't, no, people didn't go to counseling. Mm-hmm. People in our, I don't know, our strata, yeah. you know, of yeah. society didn't mm-hmm. go to counseling, you know, you just tough it out. Mm-hmm. But anyway, so that that was uh, one of the trials and tribulations that... Um, that we had. And then, you know, then we got really busy, you know, we had another child, we had our daughter and, you know, we're just busy, but we were really, really happy with each other. Really, really happy with each other. We'll be back in just a minute after a word from our sponsor. Today's episode is sponsored by Chip and Trina Rayburn at Premier Pools and Spots. What started as a small operation in Fayette County has grown and today they serve much of Central Texas. They are wonderful people who run their business with integrity. We encourage you to consider Premier Pools and Spas if you are in the market for a backyard upgrade. And now, back to the conversation. So we we rocked along, you know, had a good marriage. We were, uh, we just, we raised our kids and, and, um, 
you know, just our we were we had our careers. He was a professional firefighter for the city of Houston. So one night, uh, I mean, there's a very clear demarcation here of a line with that began a time of testing in our lives. And and I, and I can tell you the date that it started and. Um, so our children were grown, and uh, so we got a call in the middle of the night. We were, uh, I'm thinking, we were like uh, early 60s but by this time, you know, and you're thinking, oh, you know, we're getting maybe close to retirement. Uh, we're you know, everything's rocking along really great. And, and it had been, I mean, it really had been um, with, you know, with minor setbacks along the way. But so one night, um, middle of the night, we get a call. Uh, this is Austin EMS. We have your son. Uh, he uh, has wrecked his motorcycle. Um, and we are transporting him to the hospital in Round Rock. And I would suggest that if it's possible, you get there as soon as possible. Mm -hmm. So this was the moment that everything, uh, it was Halloween weekend. And um, this was the moment that, you know, that I can say we began a, about a 10 year period of real, real bad, bad mm -hmm. times. And, um, um, his life was spared. He had um, a broken jaw. He was not wearing a helmet. His head landed on, hit the pavement. Um, he had broken arm, broken leg. And so we rushed to the hospital praying the whole way that he would still be alive when we got there. Um, and so... Uh, this began this this period that lasted about ten years of um, bad times, really bad times, and um, they involved uh, drugs. These times involved. Uh, uh, one of our children's suicide attempts, it involved um, the law, uh, it involved um, rehabilitation, um, just really, really, for 10 years, uh, we were under the dark clouds. It was dark days, very dark days for us. And um, during that 10 years, our only grandchild was born, and that was a bright spot, but that was about the only bright spot. And um, so um, we really had some choices to make and they were most of them were unconscious choices because 
when things like that hit you and when you are a believer in God, and from for us it was even more than that because we were believers. We believed that the Holy Spirit lived in us and that Jesus was our Savior and that Jesus had all the answers. And so you have you have a choice to make there and 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 the choice is uh and are we going to um you know how are we going to get through this and are we going to uh blame god are we going to what are we going to do you know are we going to and so we went through a lot of soul searching and what happened was through this 10 year period uh we grew closer to god we grew stronger in our faith and we grew closer to each other and we grew closer to our children but it was not without cost it uh we went through things that hurt uh, just deeply hurt and um had to have conversations that were uh deeply affecting you know we went from day to day uh, by the way no one died during this time we didn't lose a child uh, but uh, um, both of our children went through some very both of our children went through uh, during this 10 years went through divorce and um, we there were uh, there were problems with the law um and there were just some very very dark days um and so if you're a believer in Jesus Christ you 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 say that you know he lifts you up. He he uh, gives you strength. He's your all in all. We sing these songs. He's my all in all. And he's, you know, got everything I need. And then when, when you actually go through these things and you are at the bottom of the barrel and then you think, um, is he really? My all in all, is he really the answer to everything? And I'm here to tell you, he really is. And we found out uh, going through these problems that um, faith in God through Jesus Christ is really the only thing that counts. Mm -hmm. And it is the only thing that lasts. And it's the only thing that got us through uh, about this, it went on for about ten years, and I will tell you how got how bad it got for me. Uh, my husband is a stronger person than I am, and but for me, I would have I had recurring dreams where um, I was in a in a room that had a white tile floor and I was laying face down and, and I was just lifting my head and then beating my head against the tile floor over and over and over and over. And 
I finally sought Christian counseling, which was a very good thing. I had a friend that suggested I do that. And uh, in fact, during that time, I sought, I, I spoke with two different Christian counselors and they both helped me tremendously. And, and, I, and I prayed and, and my prayers were so simple. I couldn't pray. I mean, I did, really didn't even know what to pray for sometimes. And um, so my prayers would just be very, very, very simple, you know, just trying to trying to get through the day. Uh, when so I, I think I said already that during that time, our only grandchild, still the only grandchild that we ever have, our only grandchild was born. And when she was uh, four, it we realized that we were we were going to be the ones to raise her. And uh, we had to let go of some things. We uh, we had to let go of some things. Um, I had retired from teaching the year that she was born, and so we had already, you know, made been on some trips and planned some things that we were going to do, and and so we. Um, we gave up a lot of our dreams that, that we had dreamed about. But you know what? God replaced them. Um, and she came to, when she came to us, she was uh, four, and she was really had some problems. But we, our Christian family, uh, really lifted us up and, and was there for us. And... Um, so um, so we went through a lot, and, and uh, it caused us to really evaluate and say, you know what, we've been uh, professing Christians all of our lives, practically, both of us. Is it really real? Is it, is it, are, are we really real, or are we just posers? Mm-hmm. And we, what, we, what we realized was it was really real. And God really does do what He says, and He really does love us. He loves us, and He loves us even when we are. Uh, he loves us when we're down and out, you know. And He loves us even when we're when we find it difficult to love Him back because we're so broken and we're so uh, hurt, so hurting so badly. And um, so we, you know, we would, we, we were in it and we would think, well, you know, maybe we're, maybe next year will be better. And then next year would, was not better because it was a whole new set of things going on. But I, I think when I look back, there was not a clear demarcation line of, of when it ended, but I think mm. I think it lasted about ten years. Wow. About ten years. And um we just 
when we came out of it, it was like, uh, we, well, okay, so now we have a precious little 10-year-old girl that lives with us mm-hmm. that we love very much. Um, not only that, but we gained, through this whole thing, we gained her uh, half-sister, who is no biological relative. But we, she came, and she lived with us for five years in the midst of all this. You know... We are called to do things for God that um, that seem impossible, and people look in on our life and they say, "Why are you doing this?" or "How could God do this to you?" or "I thought you believed in God," you know. And here you're, you've got this little girl, and now you've got uh, a twenty-year-old that's kind of messed up in her head. <laughs> but God was so faithful through it all. He was just faithful. And um, so <laughs> here we were, you know, in our going through our 60s when a lot of people think, man, it is going to be smooth sailing. Mm. from here on and we were not experiencing smooth sailing at all we were experiencing storms the real storms of life but we're kind of we think we're kind of on the other side now i guess to conclude all this you just never know what God is going to ask of you. And you just never know what God is going to put in front of you. And you just never know how He's going to reveal Himself to you. Um, He, one of the things that He did for me, which was so amazing, was He gave me a song um, Right after, right after we got this the, this four year old, one way that I could calm her down was by singing to her. And this song came to my mind that I hadn't sung in years. I mean, remember, at this time I'm in my sixties, you know, and I've been singing church songs all my life. So, but this song came to me that I hadn't heard in years, and. Um, it was in his time, in his time, in his time. He makes all things beautiful in his time. May each song I have to sing be to you a lovely thing in your time. And and I would sing that to her over and over and over again, and it would just lift me up. It would, it was just kind of my testimony because I knew that we were going through a, through a bad time, but I knew that that bad time at some point was going to end. And um, and it did. Everybody concerned is now on, on a much more even keel. And I'm not going to say it's all perfect and rainbows and lollipops, but things are so much better now than we thought at one time we thought they could ever be. So that's a testimony that we can give to other people that we can say, hey, 
you're going through a hard time, I'll tell you about a hard time. Absolutely. And here we are. We made it through and we learned some things. And there's some things that could not have happened unless we went through those deep waters and those dark days. Um, And, you know, when you get, when you've lived a long life, a long Christian life, you kind of go, there's a time to take your finals. You know, mm-hmm. you've you've had little exams and little pop tests all along the way, and then there's a time to take your finals. Mm-hmm. And uh, who knows what what's in store for us? You know, but wow. but he's brought us through this far. So wow, wow, Mary, I am truly speechless, and I um, I'm really honored that you would just share in that way I don't I don't think many people um, as vulnerably allow their heart to open up in that way um, for um, for the edification of and the building up of of those who are listening because I believe that um, there just may be somebody listening today who's in a really dark place and they're having a similar recurring dream and they feel very much like there is no hope and so um I um when I think of you I think of um joy and I think of strength and to be honest before this conversation I really only knew of a fraction of what you just shared and so um I think it's interesting that I think that many people who know you um, would describe you in that way as well, um, and that those are true of you. They're not; those aren't things that you conjure up. You're not a woman who fakes joy and fakes strength, but you are a woman of joy and a woman of strength. And so, um, you, you've really kind of answered the question I was going to ask you along these lines, but. Um, what would you say um, just to anybody who maybe is in a season of feeling incredibly weak and incredibly hopeless and without joy? Um, what would you say? Um, <laughs> Jesus is the answer, you know, and it, what it what it boils down to is, uh, are you his or are you not his? And it's more than just uh, the sweet by and by, you know, I belong to Jesus. And so when I die, I'll go to heaven. It's what happens here on the earth. Um, you know, and our our story of of our hardships and uh, and our hurts is not uncommon. I mean, my goodness gracious, everybody I know has hurts and hardships and tragedy in their in their family. And Jesus really is the answer. I mean, he really is. Hmm. And the one of the good things about when you've gone through 
<laughs> a period like we went through. And I'll be honest with you, I, I was not welcoming to all that most of the time when we were go- going through it. I was not like, oh, la di da. I mean, I was like, oh, how am I gonna, how am I gonna get through this? But when you go through it, then you come out on the other side and you can tell people what's really important. You can, you know what's really important. To find show notes for this and past episodes, or to engage on a deeper level, you can go to wovenministry.com slash podcast. If you enjoy what you hear so far, please rate and review us on Apple Podcasts. It helps listeners find and share this feed. If you'd like to tell us what you enjoyed about this podcast or ask your hard question, you can call us at 512-815-2446. That's 512 512- You'll simply leave a voicemail with what's on your mind, and we might just include your voice on a future episode. Music and editing for the show is by Callan Brown, recording and production by Tim Scarborough. I'm Whitney Scarborough, and we'll be back here with more very soon. Thanks for listening.